You're listening to the FUVFC Podcast on WFUVSports.org. That's right, another episode of FUVFC. Jackson Heil here with you along with Christian Hoban and Luke Fiore. We also got Evan in the back who's going to be joining us for our MLS segment. So basically the same guys as last week, but uh, how are we this week? I know Luke probably isn't too happy. I'm ecstatic after, listen, I've had two 90-minute Basically, last-second wins in about four days with United beating Bournemouth over the weekend. And then, obviously, the Juventus-United game yesterday, which, man, you guys should have seen me. I'm walking back from the city with the game on my phone after an interview, and I am running in... I'm literally running down the sidewalk after I see Young's free kick go in, and... I you I can't even describe it. You you just should have seen it. But anyways, I'm I bet Christian's pretty happy as well. But I'll let you guys kind of address that. Uh yeah, I mean, good week for uh Spurs get that uh win in the Champions League. Still alive, still alive. They just got to beat um Not for long. They've they've got to beat Inter and they've got to beat uh Barcelona, but that <laughs> that that's you know, Barcelona Barcelona no, Barcelona are through now and have already won the group, so they might be resting, who knows. Um but we'll see. Um good week, uh, especially good week because I got to I got to watch the Liverpool match as well, which made me quite happy. <laughs> if I'm being, if I'm being completely honest. Well, um, one thing I would like to point out is that Liverpool is in first place in their group, so it is not all that bad. You I lost to Red Star Belgrade. Yeah, you lost under- to Red Star Belgrade. Okay, come on, come all on, all right, let come on. All right, all right. Did, all right. Ah, you're gonna say something, North? PS, who is it? PSG and Napoli. One lost and one tied. Red Star Belgrade. So I mean. Red Star Belgrade is very good at home. They give teams a lot of trouble. So, I, I'm well, confident. Let's, let's not try to justify Red Star Belgrade. I, I know it was it was a terrible, capacity. terrible, terrible performance by Liverpool. Just it it looked like they didn't want to play and didn't really know how to play. But um, it's not the end of the world. They're still first in their group. Yes, they are two remaining games against Napoli and PSG, and each of those teams are going to have to play um, Belgrade once, um, and then the other team once but um it's it's very conceivable that liverpool is still going to go through um they play napoli at home which is very winnable game they did lose napoli away um one nothing and a late goal even though napoli outplayed them in that game but i'm very confident going back to anfield that they could beat napoli and they could hopefully draw with psg and that should be enough to put them through we'll have more on that and we got kind of address the three games we're going to talk about in the Champions League. Obviously, United-Juventus, which, as I mentioned, I was running through the streets of New York City going nuts when that happened, watching Jose Mourinho taunt the Juventus fans, which was... I usually hate his antics, but I, again, I, I, again, I couldn't... Again, I have to jump in here as a, as a rival fan and say that also made me happy because that means Jose Mourinho is going to be at United longer. Which was yeah. also why I was kind of like... I, I, I almost... I should have been happier than I was about the win. Even he's, though, like I said, I was running through the streets, gonna, but I'm like... He's not going to be fired into, at least until United are knocked out of the Champions League, and they're basically guaranteed to go through now. I don't know about that. I mean, got to go to Spain to play Valencia, which is a very losable game for United. That's true. For a Mourinho United game. team, very losable. I mean, they, they probably are through, because, I mean, if you lose to young boys at home, then... You, yeah, you, yeah, you deserve you, to be you out. You deserve and to that, be that, fired. That, that I mean, would... Mourinho deserves to be fired in itself, but you lose to young boys at home... With a chance to go to the round of sixteen, you're yeah. you're in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. But point stands. I I was I was stoked about the game, but like I said, I should have been a lot happier. But the fact that it's been the same crap for United 
since Mourinho's been here. And you look at the entire game. I mean, United should have been down 5 nothing by the time the 85th minute came and yeah, I mean, modest t- free tw- kick went in. 23 I mean, shots for Juventus yeah. in the and game. Kadir hit the, Kadir hit the post in the first half. Dybala hit the crossbar as well. Ronaldo's goal was incredible. I, I mean, one of the better goals I've seen this year. I mean, taking a volley like that with the depth of that ball, ball, it was it was incredible. Yeah. It was an incredible ball as well. But to hit that one time out of the, out of midair was incredible. But I mean, it's it just kind of goes to speak. It's like a hey, Christian. It's exactly like you said. It's it's a bad. It's almost a bad result for United because one, they still have a chance of not going through. And two, this just only guarantees that Mourinho's going to be here for what, probably at least another month, and it'll well, yeah, push them I mean, even if they, further out of I the mean, Premier League. If they get th- if they get through, he'll be there at least until January. Yeah, <sighs> I mean, every time that Mourinho's back is been against the wall this season, he'll always do something to give Man United just enough hope to yeah, keep him around. Yeah, it's, it's it's almost like uh, Wenger at Arsenal, like yeah. uh, a couple seasons ago when he was definitely out, and then they pulled out that FA Cup win, and he was in for another year, like. I mean, it's happened so many times this year too. Yeah. I mean, like you look at you look at the way they started this week. It happened twice in a week this week. I mean, you look at the first half against Bournemouth. Oh my, Bournemouth was so far the better team. They 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 should have been up three or four nothing. Yeah. I mean, De Gea is, was... De Gea is a god. Like I I can't I can't even say about De Gea is probably the reason that Mourinho has a job still. To be completely honest with you, and Bournemouth dominated the first half. I mean, to give United some credit, they were clearly the better team in the second half and probably deserved. The three points, if you look at the f- final 45 minutes. But like you said, I mean, Bournemouth were so much better in the yeah. first half. Colin Wilson should have had two, possibly three goals to his name by the end of the first 45. And then they somehow come out and pull it off. And then, like we said, against Juventus, they really were clearly the worst team for 80 minutes. I mean, Juventus should have been up 5 nothing at least. And, again, United somehow come back. They get two set pieces. The first one from Mata was incredible. The second one was really a complete fluke that went on. I'm still not even sure who they're gonna, who really scored that goal because— uh, It's officially in as an own goal for Bonucci. It could have been like— It could have been, 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 been Young's goal. It could have been—I don't think it hit Fellaini's head. Pogba was there as well. It might have nicked off him. But regardless, it's just like, I mean, these flukes it, keep happening. It happened earlier in the season against Burnley, too, when they— Yeah, uh, and, and it's— I. And that's why I don't understand why every team doesn't spend a lot more time on set pieces because mm. you time and time again you see teams Liverpool does now yeah, yeah but year. no but like everybody everybody should spend a lot more time like time and time again you see teams that don't deserve to win winning because of set pieces like it happened um for even for England in the World Cup like Kieran Tri- yeah. like they did not deserve that game against Croatia, but they were in it because of that Kieran Trippier free kick, that incredible honestly, free kick. I mean, not going to say they probably should have won, but I mean, when you're ahead for that long, yeah, that long of the game, I mean, right? Like, should've. but like, or like the PSV Spurs game. Spurs had thirty shots. They should not have been losing for the majority of that game, but PSV scored in like seventy seconds on a set piece. Yeah, just to go off of that point, I've been reading soccer nomics recently, and really, set pieces are what they say are pretty much like the epitome of real life game theory um in economics not to go too much into economics but don't um, force to death here in in baseball um they say that speaking my language i mean in, in <laughs> analytics and baseball everything is you know it's either a hit or not a hit it's like it, it's very binary in soccer they say that the set pieces are pretty much as close as you can get to like 
concrete statistics and analytics that they have in baseball. So that's why teams are starting to spend more time analyzing those and like the outcomes of the quote-unquote players of the game for the game theory. But yeah, it's it's really interesting, and I think it's something that's going to be more popular in soccer. And honestly, under Mourinho, I have been pretty upset with what United have done in terms of set pieces because honestly, before the last two years, it's almost been like they've been giving free kicks to Rashford by default, and he's one of the worst free kick takers in the Premier League, in yeah, my and opinion. The, I mean, it's the same thing that bothers me with Spurs. Christian Eriksen is a great free kick taker, but he's not a great corner taker, and there's a difference. Like and Rashford takes he, every cr- corner. Christian Eriksen takes every corner, and he hits the first. He, Christian Eriksen hits the first. My exact question. He hits the first man every time. Meanwhile, Kieran Trippier was taking corners for England, and they were doing fantastic. Kieran Trippi is on the pitch for Spurs. Why does yeah. he take those corners? Because mm-hmm. Pochettino doesn't care. That, that that's my main point. It seems like it just happens by default. Yeah. Like you give you give the set piece and you give the corners to your best player. Yeah. Which shouldn't be happening. I mean, you look. It's literally the reason United I mean, are going to be possibly going through in the Champions League because they yeah. put Mata on a free kick. He buried it. And then Ashley Young has been great on free kicks since he's been at United. He's obviously not a great player like he was, but again, he's been great on free kicks. Puts in a great ball and. You get three points. Yeah, I mean, you remember ball. you remember Hodgson at the 2016 year is putting Harry Kane on corners. It's just yeah. some managers just don't care. Yeah, I mean, I, that that boggles my mind. Harry Kane should be in the box, but I mean, Liverpool has Milner taking penalties and usually Alexander Arnold taking free kicks at least from the right side. So hopefully the analytics are starting to catch up to the rest of soccer and people are starting to at least care a little bit more and taking, but. Anyway, just, that was my little that was my little tangent. By the way, Jackson wanted to know what I was going to have a little tangent rant you about. Always, that was you always my, have a few. Yeah. You always have a few <laughs> at least in every show about like some some random stuff. Oh, can I get? Can, I just thought of another one. Let's I, go for I, it. Okay, so I'm going to hop topics here to VAR. Oh, Ryan Sterling. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait. How do we not talk about? <laughs> Ryan Sterling gets tripped by the turf. Oh my god. There, there's it's not just... a player near him, and oh. he just points to the spot. How long does to take five seconds? Put your hand yep. to the ear and have the video official go. No, that's very obviously not a penalty. It's Nobody funny touched because it. Because I remember you last year. You were complaining about how VAR stunk or something against Tottenham. No, am right? I, am because, I remembering? I'm remembering no, that correctly. Was, yeah, right? it was. Be, it was because it was taking so long because they would, you know, have a whole conversation because they would look at a million different angles to show you what was very clear from one angle. When you can just look at the Ryan Sterling play and go, put your hand to your ear for ten seconds and go, well, very clearly not a penalty. So we're we're not we're gonna wave that off. Yeah, and just to hop off of that again. Bringing back to baseball, um, they had a lot of trouble with the uh, replay for the first couple of years, and then they implemented a rule that said the re- uh, the umpires had to make a decision within a set amount of time. Yeah. So I think that could be easily applicable to yeah, soccer. Yeah, and, 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 and there's there's the logic that if it takes you that long to make a decision you on something, then you can't overturn it. Yep. There's yeah. clearly not enough clear evidence to overturn it, which but is the clear like and said, obvious if error. If it's as so obvious as what happened with Sterling Yeah, that's week, easy. It should take five it seconds. It should take five seconds. I thought it was great in the World Cup. Personally. Yeah, I thought, I thought, thought, I thought it was really good in the World Cup. I thought it did its job. They were efficient in how they used it. And again, you, you can use it as much as you want as long as you're quick with it because yeah. that that's what starts to piss off fans is that when you're just taking so long, NHL has had a problem with this for as long yeah. since they implemented replay on offsides and stuff. Takes ten minutes for them sometimes, and it changes the entire aspect of the game. Whether mm-hmm. no matter which way the call goes, but like, but like you said, stuff that's so obvious, and especially with balls crossing the goal line, that, that that's the one thing that it's really needed for. And 
honestly, I, th- I think they did a great job within the World Cup. Hopefully it continues that way. But, again, we'll see. We'll shift over to Liverpool because I, I know Luke has a bit of a rant like that, and we'll kind of shift that over into our Super League talk that I know Luke has. So he's got a couple rants coming yeah. at us. But Red Star Belgrade, 2 nothing win over Liverpool. I mean... Uh, and they looked awful, yeah. too. I'm, I'm, I, there they are times were where, like, bad. like Tottenham, I mean, like they're trailing one nothing the entire game, but they had 30-something shots on goal. They looked horrible yeah. the entire game. Lalana just looked like he... It was so obvious that he hasn't played with the first team in a while. Um, it's just... There were passes that were going nowhere... Sturridge did not look at all. Oh my God! Sturridge's he, miss from like the six-yard box in the first half yeah, was like <laughs> Wondolowski. Oh my God! Okay, let me just say one thing about Liverpool. I don't know what the heck Jurgen Klopp is thinking. Every time he puts in Matip, they concede. Every <laughs> single like he'll put in Matip in like the 89th minute, and he'll go for three center backs and two wing backs just to sure up the defense, and Matip will somehow concede a goal. He's so bad. He should not be playing. He's terrible. Please, get get rid of him. Like, I'd rather have Klavan, who they shipped off. Matip is terrible. He had an 83-rated card in FIFA last year. It was such BS. I, uh, I, I cannot stand Matip. He's horrible. And he shouldn't be. He's tall. He's skinny. He's decently, like, speedy. He's pretty physical. Like, he has a lot of attributes that should make him a good center back. I mean, he could play. He should, with his skill set, he should play off Van Dyke pretty good. Yeah. But, no. He's terrible. <laughs> like, they've got Gomez. But they've no. got Lovren. It just, please, any put Milner in freaking center back. Like, I don't care. Anyone but Matip. It's funny because that's the same thing with United, but except Smalling starts every time. Yeah. And Bailly's on the bench, so it's kind of the opposite. We're we're, put, we're putting the guy out who's concedes pretty much every time. We're giving him ninety minutes a game. At least, at least Klopp's got the sense. Hey, maybe maybe only a minute here. And well, there, we'll I think that's that. the reason. Like with Matip on the line, that's why they conceded two goals early. Like honestly, while Alexander Arnold didn't have a great game, um, he did not play well. But he's been dealing with some injuries, and he's still young. And th- yeah, that's gonna happen with a young yeah. player, especially a young defender. I mean, and and I don't think that's much a as much a condemnation on Alexander Arnold. Um, to have a bad game. I mean, um, the Wol- the Spurs-Wolves game at the weekend is a good example. Juan Foyth, good young defender, very strong, gave away two penalties. Sometimes when you're a young defender, you're going to have yeah, those. That's, that's that, the way you have to learn. Yeah, yeah. That's the, especially in a in a tough league like the Premier League or the Champions League. You're going to have bad games. I think, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold did not have a good game, but I I don't think that's a, that's a worrying thing. Yeah, I, I think he's fine. He really looked very very good last year down the line in the Champions League and he's been good for pretty much all season so I'm not worried I, he's a little bit um I, I think he's been playing a little too much he's a little bit injured um and he might be a little bit tired so I, I'm not gonna blame it on him I think it's really Matip's problem but I mean that's about all I need to say about the game they the Liverpool look terrible Serge Lalana. Alexander Arnold definitely Matip. You worried is them? You worried about them as a whole, or it's kind of just one um, thing out of the way? I'm a little worried on like the one to ten meter. I'm probably about like a three. Um, so not really worried. At yeah, all. we'll we'll see what happens in their next Champions League game. That could. It, Do they, they, they this PSG next or Napoli? I I think it's PSG, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I could check on that. I mean, um, that's a tough yeah, one. it's PSG away is their next uh, Champions yeah. League fixture. If Liverpool can get a draw from that, I'm very confident they'll go through. If yeah, because right now, right ass, now, uh, Liverpool and Napoli are on six points, and PSG's on yeah. five points. So if PSG gets a win, and 
Napoli is playing Red Star, all of a sudden Liverpool's chances are on life support. I, I mean, if I, Napoli I think, pulls Liverpool, out a I think against, Liverpool is on life support yeah. as it is right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, if I'm, if, if, Nap, if Napoli beats uh, Red Star and PSG beats Liverpool, all of a sudden uh, PSG done, are on done, eight points, right? Napoli are on nine points. I mean, they're gonna. Liverpool would need Napoli to beat, um, or Red Star to beat PSG is what they would need at that point. Yeah, yeah. And so they and, ha- ha- and, they ha- have, and have to beat Liver- and have to beat uh, uh, Napoli. Napoli. So Liverpool have to get a result in Paris. Yeah, I agree. If they if they lose in Paris, the panic meter is about yeah, they're done. ten. Yeah, but yeah. if they can get a draw in Paris, I'm not that worried. Yeah, if they can get a draw in Paris, then they're probably okay. And they they beat Paris at home. Yes, I know it's at home. Anfield. Home field advantage is always But then even important. if, I mean, PSG gets Red Star right after, I mean, you got to think PSG's a guarantee to get four points out of this. Napoli's probably getting three at the very least. I mean... I, believe me, I think playing in Belgrade is a lot tougher than theme, uh, than teams think. I, it I, is. It, no, I'm not, I'm not yeah, saying yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I mean, it was a horrible the performance state, and yeah. you still should win there. That, 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 that's my main point behind it. We are going to shift into some Super League talk because... There have been talks, and Luke was bringing this up to me and Christian beforehand, that they kind of, these the founding 11 clubs, which I'm not even going to go through them, it's like five English clubs, mm-hmm. Real Madrid, Barcelona. Which is which is Bayern crazy, Munich. by yeah. the way, that it's five English clubs. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. it just, whatever. <laughs> and, and, not, and one isn't Tottenham, which I know Christian is going to have some things to say about that. But regardless, they kind of essentially want to avoid the Champions League. Void the World Cup, I believe, was also part of it. Is that is that right? Or um, the players who participated? Yeah, in or FIFA, something? FIFA announced that they would FIFA ban not any happy. player. FIFA and that, UEFA that uh, participated in the Super League from uh, the World Cup. And would UEFA ban them from the Euros? I, yes, I heard Euros, yeah. um, Champions League. Obviously, they're not so, going to yeah, be playing. Yeah, so again. so just to run through the eleven clubs, it's. Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City, Arsenal, Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Bayern Munich, Juventus, PSG, and for some reason that is lost on everybody, AC Milan. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, and the and the other f- and also the, they, the other five yeah. teams that uh, would be uh, for the first seat in there for the first season are Atletico, which makes sense, Dortmund, which makes sense, Inter borderline mm-hmm. but it makes sense roma. roma makes sense and then marseille yeah no napoli i think that's marseille I think napoli but does roma how, I, I don't get how any i, mean, I don't you, get how inter i don't have i don't get how roma inter and marseille make sense yeah. over, over napoli over napoli or tottenham well, yeah i i feel like tottenham you gotta like, have tottenham no no, no i they're definitely good enough to be in there i just don't know if they necessarily want to be associated with that oh no I, tottenham tottenham don't especially as a team that had like 13 players at the world cup last year like yeah they had the, they had like joint most players at the world cup so they're not really looking to yeah um my i have a, a couple big problems with this super league um first of all is the champions league is i think extremely exciting because you have all of these random teams who are all getting a chance and albeit not necessarily equal chance but yeah. they're still getting a chance to go and prove themselves on a big stage get more fans maybe get more revenue from that whereas this super league is 
not regulated by UEFA or FIFA. It's regulated by the 11 founding members who cannot get relegated for the 20 years span that they would sign on. I mean, on. how could AC Milan not get re- relegated and, when and they're th- arguably they're they're a middling club in all of the, Europe? The great thing about the Champions League is it rewards teams for great domestic seasons. Like yes. when Leipzig mm-hmm. had a great season yeah. in the Bundesliga or when Leicester won the Premier yeah. League. They were in the Champions League. Yeah. Leicester made it to the knockout rounds yeah. of the Champions League. That was they awesome. Won, they, they, they won a knockout yeah, round, too. That, that was awesome. To that point, teams like Everton or Burnley last year who aren't going to crack the top five or six in the Premier League, they'll have a chance to go to Europa League. They'll have a decent chance of winning Europa League and getting into the Champions League. Yeah. So, I mean, especially for teams that aren't going to win their leagues, like, yes, obviously Bayern is going to win almost every year. PSG is going to win almost every year. Um, The top five or six in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, and, and especially for the for the Premier League because it, like, does, it does have six teams that can make the Champions League every year with the top six. When you like have Valencia. a team in Europa League, when you have two teams in Europa League, Chelsea, who are playing out of their minds this season, the mm-hmm. only undefeated team in Europe in all competitions. And Juventus. Uh, whoa, not Juventus yeah. anymore. Not yeah. Juventus. Chelsea are the yeah. only undefeated team in who, Europe who across all competitions. Manchester United. Um, Thank you. So Chelsea and Arsenal, who are playing great soccer this season, have a chance to get back into the Champions League even if they finish outside the top four. And that's that's what I don't understand about why the Premier League teams would do this. And then another thing is, oh, I understand why they're going to do this. It's because of the money. Soccer is being taken over by people who aren't native soccer owners and people who care a lot about money. And this is going to... They get a hundred percent of the money. They're, yeah. It's not going to yeah. UEFA. It's not going to the smaller teams. And, and sp- speaking of speaking of ownership in soccer, we should we should be looking for more owners like um, I am going to butcher this name so badly, but the the man who owned Leicester, like mm. he was a great owner. He cared about the club. He invested in the club. He invested in wages for players. He Rest built the club. Peace, by the way, yeah, yeah. He, fantastic owner. Those are the kind of owners that you need in mm. soccer. You don't need. You don't need owners who live in different countries and are just pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into clubs like PSG and Manchester but that, City. But that, I'll take those guys over some of these owners of smaller clubs like Monaco who have all the money in the world and should, sure. be, should be putting the For money sure. in. For I, I sure. I agree with your sentiment. But Even Arsenal, too. But back, back to the Champions League thing. But like, Arsenal. You get rid of the Champions League also, and part of, part of the reason the Champions League is so special is you get teams like Dortmund who can really establish an identity and establish relevance in Europe. I mean, yeah, it's wh- where do you think where do you think Dortmund is without their run to the final in the right. Champions League a few years ago? Yeah, the, it's the, truly representative of all of Europe. Yep. Every team every and, league and, in and Europe yeah, has representation. Yeah, even the leagues that even when like a team like Celtic doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's still great that they're yeah. there. It's remember, still great remember, that Celtic, teams like Remember Ajax. when they beat Barcelona? Yeah. Like, so long ago? The, yeah, I mean, it's incredible that a team like Celtic gets to go play in Munich in front of 90,000 people. Like, I feel PS- like people got to enjoy it. Like, I feel like at, as much as teams don't want to travel over to, like, Russia and stuff, it's got to be pretty cool going to Ireland and playing yeah. a team like yeah, Celtic. Yeah, the, the Dutch teams, like PSV yes, and Ajax. Yeah. Like, Just... Uh, they, those Olympiacos teams are never. Yeah. They're never going to be in the Super League. There's only there's the eleven founding members and then five others. Yeah, the, what like are the chances? Shakhtar are, yeah. and like Moscow. They're very very good teams in their leagues, but they're they're not ever going to make that Super League. And by having them in the Champions League, you get to see those players before they go to 
say Manchester City or PSG, yeah, and, that, and like the Monaco th- players or the Shakhtar players, all the yeah, like, like and where, where's, Ma- where's Mbappe right now without the Champions League, or where's yeah. where g- guys like Gotze and Lewandowski, they they probably don't end up at Bayern if it's not for these, and don't get put yeah. on the national stage that they yeah, should be. Absolutely, it's uh, uh a, a lot of the Spurs. Uh, Spurs players who were formerly at yeah. Ajax were showcased yep. in the Champions mm-hmm. League. Davinson mm-hmm. Sanchez was Spurs' record signing because he was so good in the Champions yep. League for Ajax. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, and you look at kind of what it would mean. I don't think it's realistically ever going to happen. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. I, I don't the, think... I think... I think the reason it would never happen is is FIFA and UEFA coming out immediately and saying we'd ban these players from international competitions because these players live for those international competitions. I mean, I think that's that's their. F- I mean, every four years, it's like yeah. that's the most thing they look for. Like, in it, terms like of- it was absolutely crushing to American soccer players to not be in the World Cup. Like it would, but for them, it's just a waste of four years. But I'm gonna pitch this idea. In American sports, you have the leagues, and then you have the um, the Olympics. Who you look at the best players in the NBA, and a lot of times they're not on the Olympic roster. So could it be that the because, money is because driving... Olympic basketball is not near is not comparable at all I, to I know. the World I Cup. I understand how many billions of people watch the World Cup final compared <laughs> to the hundred thousand people who watch the U.S. beat Spain by fifty for the gold medal. <laughs> I in the understand, point. but <laughs> could it be that someday down the road, not necessarily in the near future? That the money is so great that the su- the incentives for the Super League and the players. I mean, make the, more the, sense. In- the incentives for the owners, because- absolutely, and the and the boards are absolutely there. But they got to make their players play. Yeah, but the thing is, how many players get injured on international duty, and the the players are getting paid yeah. to play for their clubs. Like they do get paid internationally, but they're getting paid far more to pay- play for their clubs. So could it come to a point where the difference in wages? amounts to so much where it becomes a liability to play for it, on the international stage and then the super league is able to take off or the fact I, that fifa might solve I don't, their I, don't th- I don't think i don't think you're ever going to reduce the allure for european players of the world cup or any, I think, or I any, think no, or any nation well, for well, that matter. No, for, but like I mean, the players that play yes. in Europe, not, I, I, not not European players. Like I think you'd see a lot. Quite frankly, I think you'd see a lot of Brazilian and Argentinian players go back home to play in Brazil and Argentina. We we've seen it before. Yeah, not, I, not and with with lesser restrictions than yeah. just a Super League denying. First of all, them from first playing. of all, the, the the Super League would be a boon to MLS, who all of a sudden would get a lot of like lower tier talent from these Super League clubs mm-hmm. who want to have an exit. It would be a boon to a ton of leagues that are not involved. It, it's it's dumb. It, it's a it's a dumb idea, honestly, and I I don't think it's ever going to happen. We do have to move on to MLS quickly, and we're actually going to bring our producer Evan in. Evan. First time on the podcast, joining Nephew VFC as a debutant. Evan, how are you? Uh, I'm good. Feels good to make my debut. Uh, hop on with the guys. And uh, yeah, happy to talk about MLS, even though New York City went down. Uh, Which makes me very happy. Yeah, I know <laughs> that, Of course yeah. it does, Christian, who is in the union supporter section when they went down in the knockout round. But we do have a clip to play for you from uh, from Domi Torrant, the uh, head coach of NYCFC. After their loss to Atlanta, I, I kind of have some comments on it. So, Evan, fire that away. We concede one goal. If you are able, that's mean if you are able to win the next game, at least you need to score one goal. One zero, extra time. If you are able to, to win the game and score two, two goals, you are in the final. It's a, we have to believe in that. So, he, he's basically the, quest, the question was basically like, how, how are you supposed to believe in your team after... 
basically the performance they put up against Atlanta. And he's kind of just trying to say, and I know I know it's a press conference, so he's gonna he's not gonna give the best answers in the world, but. Honestly, I'm not sure how you have any faith after that performance against Atlanta because they didn't even put a shot on target the entire game. And he, would, he I know Dome mentioned the river plot, which I know Evan was talking to me about in the pregame about how they came back from down one nothing in the first leg at home. You got to put shots on target. I mean, if if, if the, it ended today, you couldn't even give them a goal for anything on target, which is ridiculous at this point. But my point is that basically, it's hard for NYCFC to have any faith going to Atlanta in a tough atmosphere, and I'll send it to Evan on this one. It, I, I, how do you have any faith if you're NYCFC right now? Because they were a disaster against Atlanta. They dominated them in their attacking third. And really, honestly, it should have been more than one nothing. It should have been 2 or 3 nothing. And I guess that may be the only thing you have to hold on to at this point. But NYCFC are in a lot of trouble, and I don't see really a scenario in which they can come out of this. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard to have any faith, honestly, because, I mean, Dome Tarant was just completely outclassed by Tata Martino in that uh, just tactically, I mean, they're outclassed like in the middle in the middle of the field mostly because, I mean, Atlanta had three guys in the middle of the field while NYCFC really only had two, which is where they do most of their damage in the first place. I mean, Maxi Morales had no room to work with. He was working on the wings, which he's not good at. And honestly, going forward, it's just hard to see NYCFC getting a good result in the next game, especially since they're moving to that bigger pitch in Atlanta. And they're going to need to change tactically so much, and I just don't know if Dome has that in him. I will say it will give Morales a little more space to kind of operate because he was clogged the entire game, and that'll open things up and allow some lanes for Villa. But again, just it also opens up a lot of options for Atlanta as well. I mean, obviously Joseph Martinez is Joseph Martinez, and he's the best player in the league this year. But you open up outlets for him, I mean, it's going to be a lot of trouble. And like we said, me and Christian, I think we're particularly concerned about NYCFC's back four. They were a disaster against Atlanta, and I think it's only going to get worse going forward. Yeah. I mean, and then you get Almiron coming back, and he's yep. going to be he- completely healthy, you know, play the whole game, whereas he only played 45 minutes and then had, uh, I think it was Vialba come on, who, yep. I mean, he would stunk. But <laughs> other than that, yeah, it's it's uh, tough to see NYC pulling out with anything here. Especially going to Atlanta. That, that stadium is like no other. It's really. going to be packed. There's going to oh, be 70,000 people there. It's just, yeah. it, it's an unreal atmosphere to ask. And it's like going to... Old Trafford, or or not anymore. Even Anfield. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Or Stanford, like one of the famous soccer no, stadiums. I, I know what you mean. It, yeah, it's I mean, it's a really it's tough inti- place. It's, to it's play. absolutely enormous, and those fans are by far the best fans in the and, MLS. And, and the way you uh, Atlanta have been playing at home all season, you have to kind of already assume that they're gonna they're gonna score at home. Yeah, yeah. I, with I, with the NYCFC back four playing the way it has recently, coming home that home crowd, a healthy Almiron, you have to assume Atlanta are going to score. So now you're in a place where you, as NYCFC, you need to score two goals. I mean, can you see Atlanta just coming out like out of the gates and just being aggressive off the bat? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, I think that's that what they yeah. do. And that's, that's, you might as well put, yeah. put your foot on the yeah. gas, step yeah. on the throat while you can. I mean, if, if, if Atlanta get a goal in like the first 15, 20 minutes, it's over. Yeah, I, I, I think, think it's over yeah. already. I, mean, I, 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 I think, it's I, over I think already, you guys but like, do as well. I, 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 think I, there's do, a, I see where you're coming from, though. Less than a 5% chance that NYCFC comes out of this. Yeah, but I, I think any hope is crushed if Atlanta score in the first half. Red Bulls also go down one nothing to yeah, Columbus. The, the, the Red Bulls went down one nothing, and I hate that I'm about to say this sentence, but in defense of the Red Bulls. Mm. Wow. Mm. Words I it's, never thought I'd be hearing mm. from Christian. On the road, and Giassi Zardes scores, one of the best players in MLS, one of the best scorers in MLS, that's going to mm. happen. Like, it's 
it's going to happen. They should they they should have had better chances. They should have scored. But when you're coming home, you can afford that a little bit more than NYCFC losing at home. I am a bit concerned with the lack of quality they had, though. I, I mean, in terms I'm, con- of chances. I'm concerned with the lack of quality and the chances, but it's a more forgivable mm-hmm. result than Especially the when NYCFC you're on the road, result. too. And, yeah, and on the road. Columbus is a tough place yeah. to play, given and, and, and without without Giassi Zardes, I mean, it's probably just a boring nil-nil result. And that's mm-hmm. like, it's not great for Red Bulls, but it's fine. Yeah, and it's to be fine. fine. To be fair to them, they did have that chance at the end that Stefan yeah. made that incredible yeah, save. He's, he's just awesome. Be I love Zach Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to be uh, he, he is the U.S. men's keeper, national right? team or is it keeper. He's goalkeeper of the year. Yeah, he yeah. needs he needs to be the keeper for I the U.S. Ha- men's Stephen national team. I think Stefan and Hamid are like kind of Stefan is so much better than yeah, Hamid. I agree. But yeah, I, I'm not too concerned for the Red Bulls. They are coming home. Um, as long as they don't concede at home and they score a goal, they'll go into extra time. I think they will. I I think they'll come out on top. Um, so I'm not necessarily too worried. It is going to be. It's not an easy game. Columbus is a good team, as you saw in the last game, but the Red Bulls are going to be home. It takes away from the crowd advantage in Columbus because those fans are also one of the best fans of the MLS. They're fighting literally to save their franchise from moving. Yeah. Um, so being at home in Red Bull Arena, which is one of the best soul soccer arenas in America, the fans will come out, and I think it'll be a Red Bulls win, and they'll go on to advance, play yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not super concerned about Red Bulls there. So, Evan, thank you for joining us back there in the studio. We have, quick, quickly, I know we got to get out of here, but quickly we'll address the Derby this weekend. Obviously, uh, United and City will go at it on Sunday at 1130. Personally, Wait, where's that match? I want to say it's at the Etihad. I could we'll be look, com- look could up. be wrong yeah. about that, but Is I it, think it's going to be a disaster for United. I, I, I think they've kind of, this could be very they've funny. they've skipped along yeah, it's, it's, too it's long. It's at the Etihad. Like, we, like I said against Juventus. I mean, they're, and now they're coming in to play a team that scored 12 goals in yeah. their last two games. Yeah. And 12 a, goals a, in a their team, last two games. A team, that, <laughs> a team, like I said, that buries chances. And yeah, they, not, unlike Juventus, City will beat you at yeah, every chance yes, they get. They're and, so clinical. And United yeah. have had trouble against Bournemouth. They've had Tons of yeah. trouble against Juventus. Yeah. I don't see this they getting yeah. going Wolves. They, I mean, Emmanuel, 4-1 is my official prediction. I would say, if they're somehow able to pull this out, nine points out of nine against City, Juventus, and Bournemouth on the road, in all three... Yeah, I don't think there is I got to give Mourinho yeah, some no credit there. It's, actually, it's not going to happen. Actually, but. actually, going back to last year, Man U did stop... Man City from winning Best game of the year. Yeah, they came. They were down two nothing. Two nothing and half. They were a disaster in the first half, and then I mean that's very Mourinho. Pog- Everything Pog- he's done well, all Pogba season. became a monster in the second half. So yeah, but, it but has been City, done. City are playing angry right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I don't think they're gonna win. I, I think it could be a disaster. Yeah. But anyways, from Evan in the back, Luke Fiore, Christian Hoban, I'm Jackson Al. Another episode of FUVFC.